because I was thinking, oh my gosh, this could blow up my car. So do I reach my hand into the flame or do I let my father's car blow up? And I was like, I'm going to reach my hand into the flame. Welcome to the Habit Podcast, conversations with writers about writing. I'm Jonathan Rogers, your host. Thomas McKenzie is an Anglican priest serving at the Church of the Redeemer in Nashville, Tennessee. He's the author of The Anglican Way. Also, he once blew up a gas station. Thomas McKenzie, I'm so happy to have you on the Habit Podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. I'm, I'm mildly um, amused to be here. Yeah, right. Uh, more specifically, to have you on Sad Stories Told for Laughs. Mm. You uh, mm. are the author of The Anglican Way, which, by the way, let me just say, I think that's a really an, an exceedingly helpful book. I've told you this before. Um, I think for anybody who's considering, you know, becoming an Anglican, I think you do, do a great job of saying, here's what that means. Um, and, you know, if that's not what people are into, then they don't have to become Anglican, obviously. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like you do a great job in that book of, of laying out. I mean, I read it. And I thought, OK, now I, I feel like I get it. You know, I, I, I get what makes Anglicanism distinct from other traditions. Which, so, is that why you've become Anglican? <laughs> that's, that's actually why I didn't. I was thinking about becoming Anglican, and then I read your book and said, oh, okay, now I, now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds reasonable. Yeah, sure. Um, but anyway, again, I love that book. I think, it's, I think you did a great job. But you and I both know we're not here to talk about your career as a writer. Nope. It is the custom in Sad Stories Told to Laugh, Sad Stories Told for Laughs, to talk about um, professional, creative embarrassments and, and public chagrin mm. um, as, a, as an entree into talking about other, you know, other issues uh, regarding, you know, identity and that kind of stuff. But... We're going to make an exception here because you have a story. It is a sad story that you hit, that you tell for laughs. You've, you've uh, gone out to dinner on this story many times. Mm. Um, it's not really uh, about professional embarrassment, but there is a level of creativity, I think, uh, in this particular um, event, and that is the time you blew up a gas station. Right. Maybe I should have was that, maybe I should have said that was a spoiler alert. No, it's not a spoiler alert. That's the that's the title of the story. The title of the story is Well, the the floor is open, Thomas. I, I want to hear about the time you blew up the gas station. Yeah, I'll tell you, Jonathan. It's a story I've heard several times and I it never gets old. And so I'm I'm very pleased to to bring this to the listenership of the Habit Podcast. Well, Jonathan, here is the, the story that you brought before, the story of the blowing up of the gas station. So it was my 18th birthday. It was a Saturday night on the high plains of West Texas. My best friend, Robert Pelfrey, and I were in my father's Ford Taurus station wagon. We went to a party up in the big city of Amarillo. Where um, a, a girl who went to school with us was also having her birthday. 
and everyone was there for her. They were definitely not there for me. Uh, I was also there for her, <laughs> as you might imagine. And afterwards, it was late. And it was time to take Robert Pelfrey back home to the town of Canyon, Texas, where I went to high school. And so we drove back down to the little town of Canyon, Texas, population about 10,000. And Canyon has um, two major streets that intersect with one another. And at that major intersection, there is a gas station called the Taylor Food Mart, or there was a gas station called the Taylor Food Mart back in the old days. And uh, I noticed that my father's Ford Tour station wagon was low on gas. And so I decided I better gas it up. So we pulled into the Taylor Food Mart. It was about two o'clock in the morning. And uh, normally I would pump my gas and then go in and pay for it. This was this was the way, children, before you had a gas, you had like a, a credit card swiper at the pump. You had to deal with an actual human being when you bought your gasoline. Yeah. And uh, I would pump my gas and then go in and pay. But you could pay and then pump. And this fine night, I only had a $50 bill because my dad had given me a $50 bill for my birthday. And I did not know if they were going to take such a humongous denomination. Right. Um, so I went into the, the store. I asked if I could break this. And they said, yes, I offered to pay for $10 worth of gas, which would fill up a four tar station yeah. wagon back in the day. I took my two twenties. I came back to the car and Robert Pelfrey, who is six foot seven and a broad, big man, lots of, lots of long, heavy metal hair. It's out and says, Hey man, let's get some dew and dough, which meant mountain dew and donuts. And I was like, sure, let's do that. And so we went back into the Taylor food mart, bought the mountain dew and donuts, came back mm -hmm. out to the four tour station wagon, got in the car and started to drive away. And as I started to drive away, I felt like the car was kind of having a hard time getting movement forward. It was like, ah, yeah. like it was like, ah. and so rather than stopping the car, I floored it because that's what one does. And I, so I hit the gas and the car lurched forward and I heard this horrible metal grinding sound, this sound. And I was like, oh, no, I must have hit like one of those like concrete pylons next to the gas pump. Or I mean, I must have hit something. And I was like, oh, no, my dad's going to kill me. So I, I looked reflective, reflexively or reflectively or whatever. I looked into the rearview mirror. And then all I saw was fire. And I was, of course, shocked. I popped it into park. I jumped out of the car. And what had happened was I had left the gas pump in the gas tank and I had driven forward. Now, today, in our modern convenience of how we pump gas, if you were to do this, and I don't recommend it, but if you were to do it, what would happen is the hose would pull free from where it's hanging from above you. Like if you look at a gas pump, you look up above, there's like a, a thing and it would just pull free and you drive off with the hose. 
and that would be embarrassing. By the way, I, I once was pumping gas and it just fell out of the top there. Oh, it just fell out. See? Just fell out. And it quit. It did quit pumping, but not for a couple of seconds. There was a lot of gas splurging oh, around. I'm sure. I'm sure a bunch of gas like fell down. Thankfully, I wasn't smoking a cigarette. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And uh, that would have been bad. Yeah. So, but no, but back in the day, the hose was firmly attached to that gas pump so that no one could steal it. <laughs> and so what happened was when I drove forward, I pulled the entire pump out of the ground. It just came <laughs> off its base, broke whatever was holding it in place, and pulled it forward. And so all this gasoline that was underneath the pump and now is, I guess, primed to come forward, just was spilling out <laughs> of, of the gas pump. And the friction of pulling the gas pump across the, the black the surface, the black surface, whatever it's called, um, had lit it on fire, like sparks flew, <laughs> lit the whole thing on fire. And so it was just like, <laughs> there was this fire's 20, 30 feet in the air. <laughs> now, if you were as old as me and Jonathan, you will recall when Saddam Hussein, when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait, and when he left, he left all the oil wells on fire, like as a big, you know, middle finger to the people of Kuwait. And that looked exactly like that. It was like Kuwait, except it was Canyon, Texas. And so my car is covered in fire. And the, at least the back of the car is covered in fire. And the, but the pose is still. And I'm the sorry, gasoline. there's gasoline on the, on the back of the car that is alight. Yes, the car is on the back of the car is covered in fire because of the <laughs> gasoline had sprayed on the back of the car. And so the but the gas the hose is still in the car. And so I had a choice to make. <laughs> I was thinking, oh my gosh, this could blow up my car. So do I reach my hand into the flame? Or do I let my father's car blow up? And I was like, I'm gonna reach my hand <laughs> into the flame. So I did. I reached my hand into the flame. I grabbed the, the little nozzle thing. I took it. I threw it to the side. Yes, I did burn my hand, but I didn't even notice it at the time. Now, while this is happening simultaneously, they cut the camera simultaneously. Robert Pelfrey, six foot seven, broad shoulders, lots of hair, is sitting in the four tar station wagon in the front seat with Mountain Dew in one hand, donuts in the other, and his seatbelt is fastened, and he can't get his, so he can't get his seatbelt off. So he's like, ah, and he yells an expletive. He throws the food into the, the, where the baseboard or whatever where his feet are, pops the seatbelt off. He jumps out of the car just about the same time. I am also running into the Taylor Food Mart. And we both run in at the same time. The lady who works at the Taylor Food Mart is up against the wall, watching as pump after pump explode, like shoot off <laughs> like rockets. Boom! And then, like seconds later, boom! <laughs> they're all flying. The whole gasoline, front, like the three pumps that are out front, are gone. And there's nothing but, but flame, columns of flame pouring out of the they're, front. Are they flying up in the air like rockets? They fly up in the air several feet like rockets, and then gonk, they fall down. You know? 
And so this way he's watching her business, you know, burn out front. <laughs> She's up against the thing. And Robert Pelfrey says, do you have a fire extinguisher? <laughs> it's like, what? And she says, I think there's one in the back. And then Robert says, as I go to the back to get the fire extinguisher, he says, has this place been inspected recently? <laughs> Which I don't know what that means. We grab the fire extinguisher and I go out and I, but after like two or three squirts, the fire extinguisher is out of fire extinguisher juice and the place is still, it's still burning. So we stand there. I'm not going to get back in the car because there is always a possibility that the car's going to blow up. So the car's just sitting there. You know, there's fire everywhere. But I'm just like watching this thing happen. Um, so she must have called the fire department. Now, Canyon, Texas, like I say, is a small town, 10,000 people. At the time, don't know what it's like now, but I had a volunteer fire department, which means that these are guys who are at home in bed, right? And they get a phone call and then they have to show up. So it takes a few minutes. So several minutes later, I don't, I don't know how long it was, but it felt like a long time. But several minutes later, these fire, this fire truck, this one fire truck pulls up. But by the time it pulls up, the gasoline's burned itself out. So each of the little places where the gas pump was standing is just like rip metal in a little flame, like kind of like the eternal flame on JFK's tomb. It's like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And this guy gets out of the fire truck and he's fully covered. He's like in white. I remember him being in white, like a white fire suit. And he has this, this is like hand, hand pump thing. And he comes up and he goes. And seconds later, I mean, he's put out the, the flames that still exist. And he looks at me and I look at him and he shrugs. I shrug. He gets back into the truck and then he's drive away. <laughs> The next thing that happens is that all the police who are in the range of Canyon, Texas, all show up. And so this is the Canyon is the Canyon local PD shows up. Um, Canyon is the county seat of Randall County. And so the sheriff shows up, the sheriff's department shows up. There is a, we're right across the street from what was then called West Texas State University. Now West Texas A&M. So the college police show up. And so they have ringed the Taylor Food Mart with all the police in town with their lights on. And then that's the inner ring. And then there's an outer ring because all of these pickup trucks have pulled up and formed an outer ring because these are all <laughs> drunk cowboys who have seen the flames because West Texas is totally flat, right? <laughs> who have seen the flames from you know 10 miles away or whatever and have come to witness what it was. And so there's all these cowboys sitting in their pickup trucks drinking. And a lot of them I went to high school with. And they're saying like, McKenzie blew up the Taylor Mart. Woo! All right, so this is happening. There's, the cops are questioning me. And they each, each, it felt like each department had to ask me the same question over and over again. And they're asking me like, you know, why did it and everything else? <laughs> <laughs> And the one cop is, I'm like, one cop says, well, son, he says, you know, I can't give you a ticket. He says, because you didn't, you didn't leave private property. Because I don't know if this is a crime or not. He goes, so I, I, I guess you can just go home. 
<laughs> so I do. I, I, I'm like, all right. So Robert and I, we get back in the car, and yes, there was some fired, there was some, some heat damage to the paint, but it, that's all. There's no other damage I can tell. <laughs> we get in the car, we realize that Robert's car is actually at my house, so he has to go all the way back to my house. I can't just take him straight home. Now, and I live out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, like, Canyon, Texas is way more populated than where I live, which is nowhere. And so we get on this dark desert highway. It was dark West Texas highway at like three something in the morning, four in the morning. I'm driving him home. And this is back in the day when every, everything was 55 miles an hour, no matter where you were. So this yeah. two lane flat top in the middle of nowhere is 55 miles an hour. And I don't know how fast I'm going, but it's faster than 55. And as I'm driving, Robert and I are talking and we're like, you know, saying like, oh, we could have died. And man, that was really hard. And oh, wow, I can't believe this happened. And have I ever told you that I love you? Like all this stuff is happening and we're going to like kiss or something. Not really going to kiss. But anyway, we're talking about all this stuff. and we're being, It's very emotional. And cop <laughs> lights come on and I'm being pulled over. I'm like, oh, what is going on? And I figured it must have something to do Crime spree. Right, I'm like a crime spree. So I pull over, and it's the Department of Public Safety, which is the highway patrol in Texas. Okay. DPS, DPS, Department of Public Safety. DPS trooper comes up, you know, license and registration. I'm like, yeah. So I hand him my license and registration. He looks at the license. He looks at me. And he says, he says, uh, Mackenzie. He said, you just blow up the Taylor Martin Canyon? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I said, yes, sir. That's me. He says, he says, son, your name's all over the radio. They're, they're talking about you in Austin by now. He said, you better, he said, you better just drive on home. You're in enough trouble with your mama as it is. <laughs> and so I drive home. I drive home, say goodbye to Robert. I go to bed. And then, like I said, it was Saturday night. Sun, it's Sunday morning, very early in the morning. I feel this weight on my bed, and it's my mother. Mm-hmm. My mother's sitting on the edge of my bed on Sunday morning. She goes, Thomas, do you have something to tell me? <laughs> and I was like, like literally, I'd been asleep for like two hours. And I said, no, I know. I, you know, I still smell like gasoline and fire. <laughs> like I still wear the same clothes. You know, I was like, no. And she goes, Thomas, I just got a phone call from Mr. Taylor of the Taylor Food Mart in Canyon. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, Mom, last night I blew up the Taylor Food Mart. <laughs> she says, that's what he says, son. He's very upset. <laughs> so long and short of it is when you get a when, – when you, when you buy – insurance for your car you get two kinds of caps on how much money they'll put out one of them is on how much damage you can do to another car and another is how much damage you can do to property and my property cap whatever it was somehow i guess covered the uh, the damage i had done to the taylor food mart into their gas pumps wow. taylor food mart was closed for quite some time while they got new <laughs> gas pumps and I guess had to fire <laughs> something. And I, wow. I will, I, I will tell a quick epilogue, which is 
as you can tell, I have told the story before. It's actually been quite a t- some time. But I used to tell the story at parties like in my 20s constantly, you know, like you said, like got to dinner on this story. And one time I told that story at this party and everyone was just hooping and hollering, going crazy. And so I ended it by saying, can anybody beat that? You know, like throwing down this gauntlet. And there was this young guy that no, none of us knew. He just showed up at this party. He was sitting over in the corner and he says, I can. And every face turns to this kid. And he says, I once derailed a train. <laughs> <laughs> And he told us anyway. He told that story, and it was not nearly as funny because it was actually really horrible. But yeah, that's it. That's the whole story. Uh, I'm amazed that your insurance paid for that whole thing. Yeah, that's the way it works, man. I think I noticed on our. This may have been a while ago. I remember getting an insurance policy a few years ago, and it was like hundred thousand dollar in auto damage and three hundred thousand dollar in property damage. And I was like, hmm. yeah. That's, yeah, that could do it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much yeah. gas pumps cost. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and when they changed the 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 rules so that they had detachable hoses, did they call that Thomas's bill or something? <laughs> anything like that? <laughs> they they called Thomas's law. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and did you um, do you think you ended up going to seminary, becoming a priest? Is is, is there something about trying to make up uh, for, for this? And, <laughs> Yeah, penance is kind of thing. No. You're trying to do enough good in the world to make up for what you did <laughs> on your 18th birthday? No, I believe in grace. Salvation is by grace alone. What, well, are you not reformed anymore, Jonathan? <laughs> you don't notice? Maybe I need to read your book again. Maybe you should read my book. It'll, it'll <laughs> preach the gospel to you. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with it. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, sorry. Well, <laughs> Thank you for telling that story. It's a great one. I, I, uh, it never grows, it never gets old for me. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So, I think our work here is done, Thomas. This is this is uh, this is what you've come to do, and you've done it. You know, that's so like, that's my whole life, man. I ride into town, I do good. <laughs> I ride out of town, people watch me, and they go, "Shane, come back, Shane!" As I ride away into the sunset. Yeah, and your Ford Taurus station my wagon. Ford Taurus station wagon. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Um, I hope I get to hear this story again sometime soon. This podcast is brought to you by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. And all our podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our members. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com. And to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate. Special thanks as well to Taylor Linhart for letting us use her song Diamonds as the theme music for season three of The Habit Podcast. You can learn more about Taylor and follow her work at taylorlinhart.com. The Habit membership is a library of resources for writers by me, Jonathan Rogers. More importantly, The Habit is a hub of community where like-minded writers gather to discuss their work and give each other a little more courage. Find out more at thehabit.co.